Hey, it's Richard Herring here. Uh, sorry there's no as it occurs to me this week. We couldn't get a theatre to book us. We left it too late. It's nice to have a week off, though, isn't it? Um, but uh, what we've got as a special surprise is the secret stand-up from last week, which uh, we're going to just release as a podcast so you can hear what went on in that secret first half that's usually only just for the audience who paid to come and see us. Uh, there's one more as it occurs to me this year and maybe ever, which will be next Monday, the 1st of November, at the Bloomsbury Theatre. Please buy tickets. If enough of you come, maybe we'll do some more, or maybe we'll just leave it there. So you want to be here there, whichever one, don't it? Either you'll be at the last one ever, or you'll save as it occurs to me. Uh, but anyway, here this is last week's stand-up, so some of the references will be a week old. I hope you enjoy it. As it occurs to me, as it occurs to me, as it occurs to me. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Richard Herring. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for coming to the Leicester Square Theatre. How are you? All right? Yes, yes, we're all right. Anyone not all right? Yeah, what's wrong? Can't even speak, I've got to only just say yeah, and that's it. Well, I hope tonight will cheer you up. Probably won't. Uh, so, uh, you come the schoolgirls back, front row, wearing your coat today, a bit cold? Cool. Uh, it's nice to know that, you know, I know some of these people, probably don't know you. Blimey, I don't know if I want to know you. Uh, nice hat you've got. Is it some tribute to Norman Wisdom? Is that, that's it's good to see. <laughs> Norman Wisdom, we was going to put this, I was going to talk about this last week because he died, I forgot, but um, we, nearly, uh, we nearly, we nearly worked, we tried to work with him because we did a, you may remember with Fist of Fun, I think it was, we did a sketch uh, about the way that uh, Lee Evans is always called Norman Wisdom on Acid. Uh, and so we came up with this ske- sketch where we wanted, we weren't going to really do it, but we wanted... <laughs> Norm Wisdom too. Uh, the the premise was that Norm Wisdom would come in and uh, you know we would surreptitiously give him acid and uh, see if he would then resemble Norman uh, to resemble Lee Evans. But um, he didn't do it in the end. It was a shame. He wouldn't do it. So, I don't know. It was a shame. Uh, so I would have met him and given him acid. <laughs> My our guess was that he would just go under a table and go, oh, help me, help me, <laughs> Mr. Grimsdale. But. Um, <laughs> So we've got someone else to pretend to be Norman Wisdom, but there we go, that was very sad. Very st- Let's not talk about the, the, de- the dead. That's a shame, isn't it? Those miners are all right, aren't they? They're all survived, didn't they? So that, uh, well, that's a more pleasant one to talk about. There's a bit of talking about that in the show. Anyway, I'm Richard Herring. Uh, this, we hasn't started yet. This isn't it. This is just, this is an extra bit you get for coming along to see us live. Uh, so basically, I'll, I'll do sort of... Uh, 40 minutes maybe of, of just chatting really I'm just going to chat and see what happens and then uh, we'll have a break have some more drinks uh, and uh, and uh, then we'll do the show in the second half as it occurs to me the uh, podcast who, who has never heard the as it occurs to me podcast cheer now yeah. right well, we've got some surprises in store for you we, we've um... <laughs> you should have listened to a few before you came, but it's no, it's all right. We, it's so slightly reinventing it, so there isn't that much uh, running jokes. So there's a few, but there's a few running jokes. <laughs> when people are laughing and stuff, you go, well, that's there's nothing funny about about that, about pumpkins. That's not that's not why people are. Uh, there'll be sorry, willies. Willies, that's good. 
that's a callback to the very first episode of As I Curse. There are some callbacks to like old things I did 20 years ago. That's what those are my favourite. To get actual every callback, you need to be so obsessive about me that I think even I don't get some of them because uh, I don't remember a lot. A lot of people will come up to me and go, "Hey, what's the biggest leaf?" And I'll go, "No." Uh. They'll go, "No, come on, you know, what's the biggest leaf?" No, I don't know what you're talking about. Remember from the. Lee and Herring Radio Show 1993, the <laughs> sketch about Norse and Worse. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I don't even get everything, so uh, there may be some accidental callbacks. Uh, but it's, it's all, basically, the show is stuff about what's happened to me this week, what I've been thinking about this week. Uh, it very much depends the quality on whether anything interesting has happened to me this week. Uh, last week, when I had the most just insane time possible, I had so much work last week, uh, somehow there were loads of things happened. And this week I've been doing fuck all and nothing's happened. So, um, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But let's see who's, uh, let's see who's here. There's uh, a gentleman in a rugby shirt. Did you play rugby, sir? Yeah, is it a rugby shirt? It is. What, would you admit? Yeah, you in the rugby shirt. I think that was quite... Uh, <laughs> while I'm looking in that general direction. Yeah, you. What, what's your name, sir? Adrian. Adrian, that's a good name. What do you do for a living? You're an accountant. Oh. <laughs> and, when, and then, you know, when it comes to the Monday evening, you let your hair down and you put on your... pull on the old rugby shirt. The, uh, <laughs> not sure it's a rugby shirt. When was the last time you played rugby? Never. <laughs> I just like the style. What is it? It's a rugby... It's kind of it's got a very specific... It looks like a kind of... Hogwarts rugby script, script there. It's got like a very elaborate badge on which which band uh, which band yeah, which band of rug which band of rugby players are you supporting there? No, it's, it's just a fashion. You, it's a fa- no, I don't think it is a fashion. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just from a shop, you can say. It's just from off the market. I got it off the market. It was five quid. I don't know what SP stands. What is it? What's it got written on it? S. D O. You don't even know. Super dry. Super, ah, super dry. It is a fashion. I've got a lot of super dry. When I was a younger man, 42, I used to wear super dry <laughs> t-shirts. Look, I've grown up now. Wearing a suit. There's a button missing here. I've realised. <laughs> Embarrassing. So, um, good. Well, love to meet you, Adrian. Thank you for coming along. Uh, is it your first time? Has it occurred to me? It's not. No, you've been before. Yeah. Come back in. 21st of June. 21st of June. Good. <laughs> Can I take us through some of the highlights of uh, the sketches you heard? With motorcycle clothing. Yeah, well that one. Yeah, see, popular, divisive sketch. That may get mentioned. It's a very, some of the sketches have gone down in legend, madam. I don't know if you're aware of the word. You've got the parrot sketch, Monty Python. Now that has been used by the motorcycle clothing. It's better if you'll get that'll be the next Channel 4 list because they love me on Channel 4. They put me in all their lists, 100 best comedians. I was actually uh, so good. I was I was off the other scale. I came in at minus one. I was so so. so that's the only way I can make sense of it. So um, uh, <laughs> good. Well, lovely to have you here. Um, I'll probably try and do some bits and pieces. There's some stuff I didn't get in the show. I'm I'm going to be. I'm getting loads of work at the moment. It's kind of it's a bit frightening. Um, who, who listened to uh, Richard Herring's Objective on the radio? Cheer now. Hey. Yeah, quite lovely. What do you think? Was that all right? Yep. Speaking a bit fast, I thought. But I, was, I had a lot to get in. Uh, I haven't listened to it all. I just heard one bit and thought, oh dear. Uh, I'm saying both. I'm saying both. My mum might be pleased. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, I've been doing that. Um, I'm, next week, I'm going to be on uh, The Apprentice. You're fired. 
Yeah. So I've been watching The Apprentice. I was trying to get some stuff in about this, but then I thought in the end, because it's all from this, The Apprentice from two weeks ago, so I haven't, I've watched them on iPlayer. But um, what I, quite, I mean, it's a parade of twats, but <laughs> Lord Alan Sugar kind of is one of the twats, but because he, he is in charge, he gets away with being a twat, and no one, no one dares send to him. And I kind of wonder, if I was on, I think I would try and stand up to him. Because his very opening line, it, you know, you kind of got them all into the boardroom, the opening line of this series was, well, thank you, welcome to the boardroom, my mom, Lord Alan Sugar, thank you for coming to see this. I've had a look at your CVs, and uh, you all look very good on paper, but so does fish and chips. <laughs> and they all laughed, they went, ah, <laughs> And I'd have gone, well, what do you mean by that, Lord Sugar? Because I don't understand what you mean. You'd have gone, well, I'm saying, you know, you, you look good on paper, but so does fish and chips, which comes on paper. And going, yeah, but fish and chips, it looks good on paper, and generally speaking, it is quite good, isn't it? So, <laughs> what you're saying is we look good on paper, and we are good. That seems, unless you don't like fish and chips, in which case, you just like the way they look on paper. <laughs> But when you come to take them on, the minute they're off the paper, you don't like them anymore. That would seem... It would seem odd to like the look of fish and chips and not... That wouldn't be... They don't look that good. It's the way they taste. If you don't like fish and chips, you would have needed to say... Uh, for the joke to work, I'm not telling you how to be a businessman, but for the joke to work, you'd have earlier on gone, hello, welcome to the boardroom. I should mention, I don't really like fish and chips. Really. Just... Bear that in mind, then you've got to leave a little bit for people to forget, because otherwise it's too clumsy an opening if you just go straight in. I don't like... Just remember, I don't like fish and chips. Spare that. Just keep that in the back of your mind. It's just something about me you should know. It's not a big deal. I don't make a big deal out of it. You all look very good on paper. The soda, fish and chips. Remember I said I didn't like them just a minute ago? I like the way they look on paper. <laughs> Use paper in the shop, or just paper. So I, was, I thought that was quite funny. And then, uh, but also he, um, then again, no one picked him up on this, but he doesn't say the word resume correctly, which uh, I would think if you worked in a business, you are Lord Sh Sugar and you've got, become a Lord of business, you would know how to say resume. He says resume. <laughs> he says resume, that's what he says. Which I would just go, and he did it twice in the first episode, and I just thought the second time I'd have gone, why are you talking, it's resume, why? I think that might have been a test. He might have gone, the person who dared say to Lord Alan Sugar, you can't say resume correctly, what is fucking wrong with you? I don't, I'm not sure I want to be your apprentice. Are you even in business? Do you know what? Resume, resume. Looks like, it's like he's read it and then gone, oh no, it isn't resume. Looks like resume written down, doesn't it? <laughs> so I wrote a sketch about that, but that didn't make it. That's not in this. That's how good this show is. That I decided to cut out the two most successful routines. It now, now I realise too late how funny those were. But there we go. So uh, that's, that's just some of the stuff that's not in. And then last week that wasn't in. And, and I, went, I went to the Ipswich this week, where we do discuss about. Uh, I was on a speed awareness course because I was caught speeding and I didn't want my points. So I went to, to, to hear a boring man for four hours telling me about stuff. 
Uh, I might talk about this again if I repeat myself in the show so I'm going to have a little bit about this in the show but we'll see what but it, it's kind of that annoying thing he's a bit bored I mean it's worse for that guy he, his job is to get a load of people who don't want to come and see him to talk to them about speeding when he knows they're going to speed anyway and they're just there so they don't get points on their licence they're not really interested and all it, it really was for four hours was him asking questions that he knew people would give the wrong answers to so he'd go you know that's actually wrong <laughs> so, where would you imagine the most accidents happen? The motorway on rural roads or an urban roadway? Where do you think that? Motorway. No, you're wrong. <laughs> that is where the least accidents happen. <laughs> that was his job, basically, and that is true. It is the least. See, and I might, I might recreate that. Say the same thing you did. People will be able to tell. Uh, <laughs> people will be able to tell. Oh. But so that was. But on the way back, I, uh, nowadays you have to book. Um, well, you book tickets in advance on the, the trainline.com, I suspect other uh, rip-off uh, websites are available. And if you miss your train, that means you're fucked, you have to buy another ticket. And if you get there early, you also have to wait for the actual... You can't use your ticket anymore unless you're on the actual train because you've paid. So I had to wait in Ipswich uh, railway station for 90 minutes, which was punishment enough for what I'd done. I mean, going to Ipswich was bad enough. Uh, last time I was in Ipswich, as I discussed in the audience last week, I was, and again, I mentioned in the show, I was, uh, I was violently ill. I had food poisoning, or it may have just been Ipswich, I now realise. Uh, and, uh, and so I was back, and I had to spend this time. And I, on the train back, I was just, I know, everyone was eating crisps. On the Adults eating crisps. Just um, like animals. I just couldn't... There was literally a woman sitting in the net opposite the aisle from me who was eating a pack of crisps, and four of them hit me. I mean, she had a... That's how bad... I mean, she was an adult. The, I just, they were kept flying over and I'd look at her and she'd go oh. <laughs> and then she got a giant quality string you know those big quality strings you can buy individually the purple one with the nut in it she got that and she threw that onto the floor I, was, I don't know if she was trying to get my I don't know if this is like some kind of flirtation technique <laughs> giving me it's like a, if I was a, an animal of some kind that would be a little offering of food excuse me uh, you got some got some of your own eh sweetheart yeah now we're talking there's a nice ham and grease baguette in there somewhere. <laughs> so I can't really speak. But then on the next train, there was an extra. I can't. I, I literally can't speak without speaking. Uh, but um, the next train, there was a man just going, eating Chris like this. Ben Goldacre in Christmas cake. What's going on in the world? It's only Christmas cake. Got to listen to the show. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I was going to. I'm going to do bits of material as well, and um, I don't know what time I came on stage here, so we might be going on for quite some time. This is an old thing I did. Um, this I've started doing this again because uh, the Pope, uh, Pope Benedict, you remember him? He um, he visited uh, the country, didn't he, a few weeks ago? And it reminded me of uh, something I did when uh, Pope Benedict became just before he became. Uh, the new Pope. Um, I actually it reminded me of this routine I used to do, in which I applied uh, when when John Paul II died. I actually genuinely applied to be the new Pope. I did. I sent off a letter. This is the genuine letter. This is the real thing. Um, I'm not going to keep you in suspense. I didn't get it. Okay, don't I don't. It's not a little. Not even at the end of the show. I'm not going to go on the twisties. I am the Pope. But isn't it? Don't want you to see. Oh, I wonder. I hope he gets it. Because I didn't get it. But I gave it a good go. And this is the letter I sent off. This is actually the full letter that I have never read out before. Because I think when I used to do it, I kind of preceded the opening stuff. This is the whole thing I sent. So this is the first time this has ever all been sent on stage. So some of it is... Um, 
And I, I generally, <laughs> I generally sent this off to the uh, to the back, and they didn't reply, which I just thought is rude. That is not my understanding of Christianity. Is you know, be nice to people and be polite. Um, so uh, this is the letter I sent off uh, to apply to be Pope Dear, on April the 9th, two thousand and five. Um, dear Pope Finder General, <laughs> that's who, that is who chooses, like probably nearly everyone, apart from diabolist gays and people who think we should try and stop the AIDS virus spreading. <laughs> I was saddened to hear of the passing of Pope John Paul II. <laughs> he was really good at being Pope, and so it's a shame he can't be anymore. But on the bright side, he must surely now be up in heaven, enjoying everlasting life in paradise, Paradise, which, as is my understanding, is the whole point of being Christian and stuff. So, really, we should be quite happy about it, don't you think? There was always the chance if he'd lived longer, he might have done a really stupid sin or something and been barred from entry. So, in a sense, it's good he died. <laughs> I'm not trying to make light of a man's life, and I could because he's called Carol and there are hundreds of jokes I could do if I wanted to. <laughs> I just think you probably knew him quite well, I must be sad, and I was trying to look on the bright side. He's probably met Jesus already, and found out which of the contradictory stuff in the Bible was actually right, and whether the bread and wine literally becomes his body and blood, or whether he was speaking metaphorically. I expect John Paul and Jesus had quite a laugh if it was the latter, that would be quite embarrassing for the Pope. But Jesus wouldn't hold a grudge, he'd forgive him, that's his job, and I for one think he does it well, and he doesn't get a sexual thrill from shitting himself like some blasphemous fools maintain. <laughs> don't, don't know what that's referring to. Um, <laughs> that's a back reference to something. Uh, anyway, maybe that just came out of nowhere, who knows, it's, it's funny either way. Anyway. <laughs> Sad as the Pope's death is, there does come a point where life has to go on and we have to get on with things. I've waited over 36 hours and John Paul isn't coming back. <laughs> Unlike Jesus, who surprised everyone that time back on April the 9th, 3080. So, uh, 33 AD. So, uh, I think it's time to think about who will be the next pontiff. Doubtless you'll have given this a bit of thought over the last few weeks while John Paul was ill. Though, to be polite, you really should have waited till he was dead before you started that speculation. But I'm a forgiving man. Please make a note of this. And I'm not going to make a fuss about it. Anyway, what I'm saying is that despite the fact that I may not be on your current list of candidates, I was wondering if I could throw my hat. I don't have one of those little round paper ones that are a bit like a frisbee. So that would be good for this. Well, not yet. <laughs> into the ring. Uh, you might uh, you might think me an unlikely choice as I've never held even a minor office in the Catholic office in the Catholic Church, but I think I might be quite good at it anyway. Here's why. One, I am relatively young for a Pope. Uh, if you keep selecting Popes in their 50s and 60s, then obviously you're going to have to go through this rigmarole every decade or so with the... Is that white smoke or black smoke there? I can't... I can't really tell. It not all smoke essentially grey? Uh, shouldn't we come up with a better system, a more clear system for this after all this time? You know, for, it's quite important, you know, just off the top of my head. Um, forget about the smoke. Why don't we... When we've chosen a Pope, why don't we have a man who comes out on the papal balcony, holds up a big sign saying, we have chosen a new Pope. That might be... It's quite important that we get that right. Quite, don't say that's not fair, because, you know, a lot of Catholics speak different languages, they wouldn't understand that, and you need a lot of signs. And, of course, a lot of Catholics are illiterate, which uh, is why they can believe this stuff. Because, no... <laughs> 
No, because what you'd have then is just still one sign. It's got multilingual. What is it? You have a cartoon picture of like a generic pope, kind of just a white, middle-aged, quite old man, uh, with any with a tick by it. If that's that's if they found the new pope, and then um, and if they haven't, on the other side, it's the same picture of generic pope with a cross. Fire. That's uh, not on a cross. That would be <laughs> confusing and slightly insensitive. Uh, I'm only 37 years old. I was at the time. Oh, I wish I was again. And uh, two of my grandparents lived to be over 90. My grandma's still alive. She's 99. And uh, so I think there's an excellent chance I could reign for the next 50 years, which would mean we wouldn't have to bother to think of a new pope till about 2055. Let's face it, by then the world would probably have ended, especially if we keep the rule about the condoms going. So <laughs> your job would be done. You could put your feet up, job done. I don't know, maybe off the top of my head, sell a couple of paintings from the bank and give the money to the poor. Just a thought. Uh, number two, although I'm not a very religious man, and if pressed would say I am an atheist, um, <laughs> I do have quite a lot of experience of church. Uh, my mum and dad were Christians. Uh, C of E, I'm afraid. I hope that's not a problem. <laughs> it's the same thing, really. Uh, they, uh, they forced me to go to church about four times a year when I was little. God, I hated it. It was so boring and stuffy and sanctimonious. Once I got to about 25, I actually refused to go to church anymore, even at Christmas, even though it made my nephews and nieces cry. I think, I think it's very important to stick up for your principles no matter how clearly wrong they are. <laughs> That's another reason why I'd be a good Pope. But uh, <laughs> I do like some of the superpowers that Jesus had, and uh, a lot of the hymns were fun. I've, I've read most of the Bible. I've learned the first page of the New Testament off by heart. That is true. Uh, if you give me the job, I will definitely learn the other stuff. And also, if people ask me, say that I believe in God and stuff, as long as I get the free equipment. Uh, number three, I'm actually godfather to my nephew Andrew and even though I don't believe in God I take my duties seriously and every now and again I say to him believe in God and similar. <laughs> this should give you an idea of how I'd be able to lie and be a hypocrite to be Pope. He tells people to believe stuff that no intelligent person would think was true. Four, I'd really like to live in a big palace and order people around and stuff and think I'd be good at it also, I've been meaning to learn other languages, which is something a Pope has to do, so that would kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> Five, I believe all people are equal and have a right to do whatever they want as long as they're harming other people. I believe Jesus Christ said something similar. But like all the other Popes, I'm prepared to just ignore that <laughs> and say that I hate gay people, etc. That means I get the job. Uh, this is a new bit. There's one thing I think I should probably tell you now before you find out once you give me the job, because uh, uh, you know, this is kind of a bit of a repeat, something I added in. I was not actually brought up as a Catholic, my mum and dad are C of E, nor have I converted to Catholicism or really even been to a Catholic church. My brother-in-law is Catholic, and I think I was best man for a bloke who might have been Catholic. It was some weird branch of Christianity anyway. But that's about as far as it goes. To be honest, I've always found the Catholic religion a bit showy which seems at odds with Christ's message to me. And also, you seriously mean, you can't seriously mean it about transubstantiation. That's just weird. But having said that, I've really enjoyed my two trips to the Vatican and the Sistine Chapel. I'm prepared to overlook my disdain for the way that all Christian churches have walked the message of Jesus if it means I get the fine robes, jewels, and free air travel. I hope you won't hold this against me and will give me some marks for my honesty. I think I deserve an interview at least. I understand if you can't give me the job this time round, but I hope you'll keep my letter on file for the next time this happens. Which should be pretty soon, given the way it's worked so far, C.1 NB the smoke. 
I have a few gigs around the country, but could probably rearrange them if you want me to start straight away. Monday would really be the easiest, earliest convenient date for me, as I'm playing in Croydon on Sunday. <laughs> Again, bad luck about John Paul. I'm looking forward to being your boss. So, um... <laughs> I didn't really think I'd get, I mean, it was a, I was just having a bit light heart that I was trying to cheer them up at a difficult time. I didn't think get, didn't actually think I'd get the job. I did think I might get an interview, to be honest, but I, I knew, but you know, you can imagine, I didn't think I'd get it. You can imagine how annoyed I was, though, when they gave the job to a Nazi. Because uh, <laughs> beforehand, if they told me it would come down to be between me and a bloke who'd willingly served under Hitler in the National Socialists in Germany, I thought I'd get that, I don't know, that's not... Because in my life, right, I've always, if we're given a choice between Hitler and Jesus, I've always thought Jesus was best at that, even when I was a little kid, I was always... I mean, Jesus was great, he did amazing stuff, Hitler was awful, he did all the terrible... Get gas and gas, all those Jews and stuff, and awful... The high was horrible, Hitler, and Jesus was nice generally. Well, the worst you can say about Jesus, I mean, he threw over those tables, didn't he? He had a, he had a temper on him, but I mean, I don't That doesn't, I mean, compared to Auschwitz, that seems a minor. You have to really like furniture to be annoyed. I mean, he was a carpenter. He could have just knocked up another one for you. I'm sure he did the minute he realised why he does. I was. I was annoyed that they, they, they got that, because yeah, I've always, I've always thought Jesus was better. I mean, Pope Benedict, to give him, to be fair, he says he prefers Jesus to Hitler now. Um, he's changed his mind, so that is... My problem is, is what if he changes it back again? We've already seen he isn't a consistent person. He might just, that would be embarrassing. They should have stuck with me. Uh, that's my point, but uh, there we go. So there's a, that's a nice old routine there with some new life brought into it by me seeing some stuff that I've never read out in my life, even to myself. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should have looked at it beforehand. That's not the way I roll. I like just to see what happens. <laughs> what shit comes out of my mouth. Uh, so uh, we've got a handsome uh, gentleman on the front row. Oh, don't look at you. Don't, that's a woman there. Don't look over. Don't look. I'm not that rude. You're very good, you're very tall, good looking man, you barely fit in that. What do you, what do, you do for a living, sir? I'm German. You're German? <laughs> <laughs> it is a living. Congratulations on the Pope, thing. And uh, your president saying that she doesn't think multiculturalism will work. That is... <laughs> Didn't exactly say that. No. I'm praising you. Go back to Germany. So, um... <laughs> what's, what's your name? Marco. Marco. It's a bit of an Italian name for a German, isn't it? Was that... came from the collaboration That's period, did it, in World War II? <laughs> <laughs> At least you're having sex with other fascists rather than just raping French women, so that is a good... <laughs> it's over! Forget! Come on! We're all friends now. <laughs> and uh, he's laughing, he's laughing, it's all right. They're renowned for their... They're renowned for this. I don't believe he's German anyway. I'm, are you really German? Yes. Where, where, what town are you from? Duisburg. Duisburg? Yes. Duisburg. <laughs> no. Where's Duisburg? Yes. That's not a real town. It's um, where König Pilsner comes from. It's where who comes from? König Pilsner. The oh, König Pilsner. Pilsner. Yeah. Yeah, Pilsner. That's a Czechoslovakian. You don't really mind, though, do you, with that? So, um... <laughs> <laughs> you like something, just, I'm going to Czechoslovakia, or the Czech Republic it's called now, tomorrow. 
Going to Prague. Anyone been to Prague? Have you been to Prague? Yay! Any of your ancestors have been to Prague? Uh, <laughs> um, just waving, I was waving at the... Czech people. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not really... Uh, it's not racist, because you're not a race. You, you wanted to be, but you're not. So, um... <laughs> I was in Berlin, I went to Berlin, that's in Germany, right? Yeah. yeah. Good, I'm on Celebrity Mastermind in a few weeks with knowledge like that. If he goes, where's Doucheberg? If John, what's his face? What's he, I don't even know the name of the bloke who does it. Magnus Magnuson, I think he is still. That's going to be an entertaining show if he's still doing it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm going to be in trouble. Uh, <laughs> What was I saying? Berlin. I went to, uh, I went to um, the Berlin Wall to talk to people about David Hasselhoff. Who, uh, do you know about this? He, he sat when, this is true, when the Berlin Wall came down, the person they called to do the entertaining as that happened was David Hasselhoff. I'm not even joking. He, he did a song called Look for Freedom, didn't he? Were you, were you based in Germany at the, the time of the, yeah? Do you remember, did, did you buy David Hasselhoff's records, Looking for Freedom? No? He's mentioned in an early version of I'm surprised you're not shouting out, Adrian, going, I was at that one, where... Yeah, man, was, that was the, fir the very first one, that was uh, October. Do you remember? It was classic, wasn't it? Classic, as it occurs to me. Uh, <laughs> he was nearly hit by a firework, uh, David Hasselhoff. Right, there would have been quite a spectacular... He's on a crane. Look this up on YouTube. He's on a crane scene looking for freedom in a sparkly suit. This is just some information now, this is not a humorous story. Uh, and uh, a firework just explodes right next to him. You can, you can see it go, it bounces off him and explodes. Imagine if that exploded in David Hasselhoff's face as the Berlin Wall came down. That would have ruined it, wouldn't it? That would have really would have left a nasty taste in people's mouths. It's going, it was good when the Berlin Wall came down. Oh no, but what happened to David Hasselhoff? Really, I think we should build the wall back up again for a few years. Good, well, you're most welcome, uh, Marco. Thanks for coming along. Have you, seen, have you, have you heard the show before? I'm guessing not. Uh, but uh, uh, what, what, what brought you along to the show tonight? I was invited. You were invited by, was this by? Yeah. yeah? You, what's your name? Claudia. Claudia. <laughs> uh, where, where are you from, Claudia? Italy. Hey, yes, I was kind of right. Um, are you two? Are you two to? Are you two together? You and Marco, the partnership was in, in, in the mate. Is this the first date? Um, yeah, not sure. It kind of is, isn't it? She sees me leaning into this guy a lot more than you. That's uh, if, if it's the first date. I mean, I can't blame you. He's all right. He's all right looking. Nice shirt, clean shirt. What do you think of Cloudy? She's all right, isn't she? That's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm like an evil Silla Black. This may not mean anything to you. I'm taking one. Ah, you leave it. Leave Marco. Marco can go here. What's your name? Sarah. Sarah, Sarah. It's nice there. You there. We're all sorted out. <laughs> Good. We'll see. Come back next week and we'll see how the new couples have gone. <laughs> Fill up quite a lot of the show with us. And uh, where in Italy are you from? Venice. Venice. You know, I, when I went to Venice, I've been to Venice once in my life, and uh, it was when I was interrailing around uh, Europe. I've got a story about every town. <laughs> Apart from Douchebourg. Du du 
Uh, I know about Bremen, that's where the Megbex be. Uh, can, you, can you just say you're from, from Bremen next time I ask you? Uh, and uh, and uh, I went to, Vie- uh, to Venice and um, it was the Easter weekend and we hadn't booked, me and Jeff Quigley, we were interrailing. This is what we used to do in the old days. We didn't go to Thailand and take drugs. We got a cheap train ticket and we're allowed to go around Europe for a month for free on, on this train ticket. Uh, I went to Venice, but it was the day. It was all closed because, um, well, not closed, but it was all booked up because it was Easter. We were stupid, and obviously people were there for their Easter holidays. So we had to, we then went to Pisa. You know Pisa? There's a tower there. Yeah, that's right. Guy, should get that looked into. And um, that's been like that for a while. Fix it up. Uh, and uh, we got a train, and on the train, I don't know if this you're from the Gypsy Star in Italy. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, because what happened is that like, a very old lady, who was like, and a very young kind of her granddaughter, I'm guessing, got on the train. Jeff Quigley had just gone to the toilet. And uh, this is completely true. This sounds like a better story, but it's completely true. And uh, Jeff Quigley had gone to the toilet, and this old woman came into my carriage and was sort of wearing kind of uh, you know, pe- the peasant clothing, I would say, and she was laughing, just laughing out, going, ah, ha, 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 ha. just like in a film, like, like uh, if a a scary gypsy was going to put a, just walked in ah, ha, ha, and the jam dog was there going ah, ha, ha, ha. And they were just standing there and they, they, they came and sat down and she sat down in, in Jeff Quigley's seat and I was trying to I didn't speak Italian I still don't I, I learnt uh, actually last time I was in Italy I learned uh, the phrase for I'm allergic to condoms which was one of the <laughs> one of the one of the six phrases in my phrase book I thought that is kind of a very specific thing for people who want to go to Italy pretend that they're allergic to condoms so they can have sex with someone without using one. That is what it's for, isn't it? Disgusting. Anyway, so I don't know much Italian, so I was just trying to go, no, no, you can't sit. And then she was laughing. They sat in the chair laughing, and I was writing my diary at the time, and then they got up and left the carriage. And um, I, looked, I was writing my diary, I looked down, and all my diary was covered in this film of like weird brown dust that Jeff definitely hadn't been there before she hadn't sprinkled it, it just had appeared whether it had come off or I don't know it was the, my whole, the whole page was covered in dust it was a very spooky thing and uh, they went and Jeff quickly came back and it was like I there was, this happened and like, I looked like I was mentally ill because that, that isn't something that would happen and then for the next three or four days we just had the kind of really bad luck like I'd been cursed quite in a, quite a mild fashion <laughs> for some reason <laughs> Because we, we went to Pisa and we uh, couldn't get anyone to stay there either. We bought a salad. It looked like a salad. We bought it from the supermarket. Loads of different vegetables mixed together. We ate it. There were some beans in there. They seemed a little bit hard. But we thought that they're, they're all mixed together in this. They must be all right. We were wrong about that. Um, they hadn't been cooked. So we got a train overnight to Vienna uh, where all the toilets were locked on that train for some reason. Uh, we managed to get a seat, luckily. And, uh, but then we both started feeling sick. And uh, we were sick into plastic bags that the other passengers gave us that they then had to throw out of the window, dripping <laughs> dripping the sick of 18-year-old English boys onto the... We were in the wrong part of the train, the train split up, so we then had to move to another part of the train, still being sick, sleeping on the floor. We got to Vienna, where we decided to go. Uh, I made a phone call to try and get a hostel, put my wallet down, uh, left it, came back and it had gone. So I was, for some reason, the people of your region of Italy <laughs> hate me, maybe retrospectively you were the little girl from that train <laughs> and after I did all the cracks about your mate and saying get off with him, thought I'm going to travel back in time get my old witch grandma to slightly inconvenience you for a bit I mean it's quite a bad curse but I haven't really done anything, maybe they were just trying out, it's weird isn't it, that sounds like a completely made up story, it's completely true um, 
So you never know what well, you just name a town and I'll give you an interesting tale. Where are you from, white shirt man who's I've fixed up with this? Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah, I've got loads of stories about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. So um, I, w- I wanted to, before we uh, move on, I wanted to, um, very nice, thank you for coming, Claudia. Um, were you born on a day uh, that been, had been quite cloudy the day before, but the day you were born, <laughs> there was some more cloud? <laughs> Oh fuck off! I thought that, I thought of it straight away. I didn't. I've been I've been ruminating over that one for ten minutes, thinking why don't I make up a story about a witch on a train until I can think of a pun based on cloudy. I thought of it straight away. It was inappropriate to do it. If I'd done it straight away, you'd have gone, "Wow, that's how did he think of that?" He's a genius. So uh, back, actually, back to when I was interrailing. I'm gonna. This is, uh, but last week I read out um, my story about the perfect river, which was it turned about to be a very apt poem to read that day because was, you know, all that stuff had been going on in Hungary with the rivers being polluted. Because I, I was a bit of a, I was a bit of a poet as a young man, and so I want to share with you some of my teenage poetry. This is from 1984. I was quite an angry man, young man, trying to put the world into perspective. Uh, so I thought I'd read you uh, one of my. But this is a genuine poem again from from that time. Uh, it's called Mrs. Turner. Uh, and this is a gent I met, this is a real name, I didn't even change it. I met her on a campsite uh, in Luzerne. Anyone in from Luzerne? Yeah, cool. <laughs> you know what, I've been to Luzerne, I met Mrs. Turner there. This is uh, a story about every town. Uh, so, <laughs> this isn't good, okay, I don't think this is good. This is, ever, <laughs> this is, this is me uh, judging other people in a horrible teenage way. Uh, you like it, it's quite good actually. It's like it's sort of like uh, it's sort of like uh, the jam. It's like uh, Smithers Jones by the Jam or something like that, but better. Uh, I'm really taking the middle classes to pieces here. My mum and dad were teachers, so um, you light up your slim cigarette, run your fingers through dyed hair. In brackets, run your fingers through your hair. That was an alternate line. I rejected it. Dyed hair is better. Then blew out a puff of smoke and a cloud full of hot air. Got you, Mrs. Turner. You, uh, you send your kids to public school and look so smugly pleased. But then you add, as if modestly, that you only pay half fees. You're such a contradiction, not sure of your class. Sipping at a cheap red wine from cut crystal glass. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mrs. Turner, it doesn't seem to fit. Tell me, Mrs. Turner, are you such a hypocrite? Each year you go camping at the cheap sites too, but then you take your yacht along, or at least your four canoes. Yeah. Yeah. Four, I've got four canoes. Yeah, I think I've got the cut of your jib. So, uh, you curse the snobbish upper class for looking down on you, then look down on the workers for drinking like they do. Who do we think's really getting judged during this poem's reading? (laughs) No self-awareness at all. Well, Mrs. Turner, it doesn't seem to fit. Tell me, Mrs. Turner, are you just a hypocrite? You talk of other nations and their fatal tragedies. You express your deep regret, but are obviously so pleased. You hate unloving parents, but hate your children more. You contradict so openly. What do you do it for? Well, Mrs. Turner, it doesn't seem to fit. Tell me, Mrs. Turner, that's like the uh, the chorus. (laughs) 
and you just you're great. It really can't be only that. It must be something more. You're trapped between two classes, like a lift between two floors. <laughs> you try to go both up and down, first humble and then proud, too poor to be impressive, richer than the average crowd. <laughs> too rich for the average crowd. What's an alternate life? Reject. <laughs> Your life is built round money. It grows, but it can burn. Poor old Mrs. Turner. Which way will you turn? I got her. I use her own name against her, and uh, that is uh, the 18-year-old Richard Herring man. Maybe 17. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, is there anything else I've got to tell you about? I don't think so. I think we might. Um, uh, the, the thing I've got to do last week was because uh, last week it was 10, 10, 10, wasn't it? Right? It was 10, 10, 10. And uh, in the newspaper there was a little kid, and I, I really wanted to do I thought of a sketch and I forgot to do it. Uh, it probably won't work now, but it's, uh, it was 10, on, uh, 10 past 10 on the 10th of 10, the 10, 10, 10. He was 10 years old, and he was in the paper because of that. And I just kind of wanted to go along to the pint and go, you know what, that doesn't actually mean anything now. This is just a random collection of numbers. Were you born at 10 seconds past 10? No, well, fuck off. <laughs> But that's that. So with that, on that bombshell, um, we're gonna, I'm going to go away uh, quickly, rewrite a couple of the sketches that aren't very good. <laughs> Wish I'd done the Alan Sugar stuff. Uh, and uh, then we'll be back. If you haven't seen the show before, talk to some other people about what they imagine uh, some of the things might be in it. Uh, there's kind of a, re there's a, there's a thing at the start which kind of takes you through most of the, the basic... Uh, uh, things that come every week, but you will only understand it if you come every week. That's the terrible thing. Uh, so, but it's great to see so many of you here. That's thank you very much for supporting us. This kind of works because you pay to come and see it, and it goes out for free. Not that's not this bit, doesn't you? Won't, then you the only people who get to see this bit. Yes, it was worth the entrance for yellow. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's much more fun seeing it live. So thanks for coming. Uh, if this is kind of unusually, lots of men come here and not so many women generally. Uh, there's some nice, there's some, there's some nice ladies in today. Uh, but it means that the gents toilet gets get a queue, which women will quite enjoy seeing usually uh, for once. The, but you can go uh, to the toilet at Burger King if you get a stamp on your hand. You can go over to Burger King, go and buy a burger. You can if you want. It's the finest food in uh, England. Uh, please do go and try it. So you can go to the toilet at Burger King. That's just a suggestion I make at the end of every time I'm here. Got mentioned in the Chortle review of the Secret Stand Up CD. I did that. This that that was that information is in every show. Uh, it's good to know, isn't it? If you're ever in Leicester Square and need to go to the toilet, Burger King. There's your answer. So um, <laughs> thank you very much. I was. I'll be back with the others in about 15-20 minutes when we've written the script. Thanks for coming. Cheers. See you in a bit.